friends at Survivor.com. It's me, Mario. <laughs> you guys, number one. It's Survivor's Friendly Fire Show, episode 228 for the midpoint of February 2023. I'm one of your co-hosts, Steve Wright. Joining me, Ben Salter. Hi, Ben. We're back. We're back How again. How you going, Steve? Good. Like, this isn't anything new now. Like, we're, what, two or three episodes into the new year at this point? So, you can't yeah, keep just back falling back. It. Yeah. <laughs> no, you can't. Well, what are we up to? Episode 228. So, we can't pretend like we don't know what we're doing. It's It's been a long time. So, we know what we're doing. You've set up your like Google Nest, whatever fancy thing. Uh, so yeah, that's what's been happening. Yeah, and uh, I I think I do need to apologize because despite us knowing what we're doing, I don't. I think my audio was just trash fired last week, so uh, I think I've fixed it. But uh, feel free to continue to tell me in messages that I sound like garbage, or maybe I sound fine and people are just telling me that I just talk a lot of garbage, which. Mm. Is also a possibility. Both true, but you sound fine to me. So I don't know. Fix it in post. That's what I always say. Last week's episode was kind of a catch up of stuff. The next couple of weeks, busy, including this episode, because games are happening. Like things are happening. We did say last week that we're going to be uh, talking about Hogwarts Legacy this week. We're not going to do that because Nintendo came out and said, we're going to release a bunch of stuff. Like right now, they did the Shadow Drop. Not the game that we thought they were going to Shadow Drop, but a bunch of other stuff. uh, And the big one. Big one that I've been waiting for. There was one game that I wanted more than Goldeneye, which we did eventually get, of course. Uh, <laughs> Metroid Prime Remastered. It's finally here. I feel like this game's been rumored for what? Three, four years. Like it's, they've been talking about it for ages. Almost as long as we've been expecting Metroid Prime 4, I would say. So at least yeah. you got one of them. I don't know where that is. Uh, so I played a fair bit. I don't think you've played it. It's Metroid Prime, I would say, is probably my favorite game of all time. It's certainly top three. Like it's great. It's, my favorite of the trilogy, there's nothing else like this, really. Like, they kind of came out in the early 2000s, they turned a 2D series into a great 3D game, and then they released three of them, and they kind of just stopped. And no one's really copied this formula. Like, I kind of see threads of it in, like, Control, but it's it's quite different. That's obviously a third-person game. Um, it really took that 2D Metroidvania style of you need to kind of explore, and it's quite linear um, pathways through this world in different kind of areas. Um, unlock new abilities and then kind of remember where to go and backtrack. Like a lot of games have done that, but even more recent ones like Hollow Knight that have followed that have gone back to 2D. Uh, So we haven't really had this style and it holds up amazingly well. Like it's good. Uh, And it's, it's a proper remaster. So Nintendo don't really do remasters. They normally do. Here's the same old game that you've had. You've bought four times already and it's like the same thing. We've maybe up-resed it as we saw with the Super Mario 3D All-Stars collection uh and it's still pretty good so go ahead and play it like that's normally what they do they did they've done the three zelda games which they've just called hd yeah um and they've had like they're again up maybe a higher frame rate i can't even remember slightly different controls the old text to change like not a yeah. huge improvement but they still kind of hold up pretty well and either here are wiggle controls or here are not wiggle controls depending on the game and what yeah. we're talking about yeah yeah i mean in the case of skyward sword they took out the wiggle controls so great <laughs> Um, and yeah, that's a good point for this one. So they Metroid Prime obviously released on GameCube. It was released back in the era of a single stick shooter. And it's, we should say, if you haven't played Prime, like it looks like if you just watch someone play this, it will look like a shooter. Cause I mean, you've got an arm cannon basically, like that's Samus's main thing. 
it's not really a shooter. Like you're shooting a bunch of stuff. You spend a lot of time shooting, but it's more of a puzzle exploration game. Like you spend a lot of there's third there's first person 3D platforming in this, which rare. Like very few games have that, and you need to figure out how to get through places. You need to kind of determine if you can get somewhere with what you currently have available, or if that's a future unlock. Uh, and you kind of quickly, the more you play, you figure that type of stuff out. But like that's um, pretty rare. And so yeah, obviously that that single stick style just breaks your brain, as we had with Goldeneye recently. So they've added in proper dual stick controls. That's the default. Works really well. Um, until now, the only way to kind of play like that was the Wii version of this, which came out in two thousand and nine, and it was kind of a, a dual stick system. But the second stick was the Wii mote. So pointer controls. That is still here if you want to play like that. It's not as good as the Wii because obviously the Wii had the, the light bar thing and a direct pointer, not motion gyro. I wouldn't play like that. That's insane. Like it, it plays properly to your brain for the first time ever. Um, and beyond that, it looks really good. Like so it looks the best thing I could say about it is it looks how your brain remembers it. So uh, I always remember Metroid Prime looking amazing. I played for like 20 minutes when I was a kid, just kind of jumping in and out of the water and watching the, the water drip down Samus's visor in first person, which I hadn't really seen before at that time. I was like, wow, so realistic. If you want to play that now, it's probably like some blue splodges just on the screen on your CRT in SD. <laughs> um, but they've like recaptured it, totally redone stuff like that. It's all still here as you remember it, but better, if that makes sense. It's how you actually remember it. It's what it actually looks like now. If you look at any comparison, probably doesn't do it justice looking at a compressed video, but you totally you see what the GameCube version of all these levels actually look like, um, and they've kind of remade them how they should have looked. And it's it's like full on texture remake. So um, they've called it Metro Prime Remastered. I don't want to get bogged down in the what's a remake, what's a remaster debate. I feel like we have that every week on this show. This Correct. is a remaster though. It's a the game. The underlying game is the same thing. It's what you played on GameCube. Great game. The visuals totally redone, like the whole world, and that's that's what surprises me. It's not just a couple of characters have been updated; it's everything. All the environments look new. Probably the best looking game on Switch. Certainly the best looking game I played on the OLED screen, playing in handheld mode. But even on TV, like it looks like a maybe not as like a Series X PS5 current gen game, but it's certainly like a PS4 level current gen game, which is I don't think I've really seen that on Switch. Um, and in, coming off like Pokemon, which performs so poorly. It runs a locked 60 frames. And I don't think it's 1080p the whole time. Maybe it's dynamic res, like 900 to 1080. I'm not entirely sure. We'll let Digital Foundry figure that out for us. But it looks good. Uh, so that's, that's the main thing. So it's it's not just a HD texture pack. It's fully remade. I think Retro Studios did this themselves, maybe with the help of another studio, which is also rare. They've done like a Blue Point Games level remaster. Um, and so it's up there with like your, your Demon Souls. It's that level of quality. Um, your Last of Us Part One, your Dead Space. I think it's in that group of quality remasters. Yeah. Well, and like you've said so many things that are like, I want to like jump in. I have, I, this is the Ben show when we're talking about Metroid Prime. Sorry, I know nothing about Metroid Prime, but like we've talked about, we've talked about The Last of Us, which, you know, three versions in the last 10 years on platforms that you can readily have in your hand in mm. terms of backwards compatibility, you know, in terms of like going out and having to find a PS3. Same thing with Dead Space. That's uh, 2008 to 2023. So there's more. I, I can't do math in my head. But, you know, like it looks the same in my sure. head until you look at it side by side and it doesn't. But like, do you want to spend the 110 for this one? Or do you want to spend the 15 on backwards compatibility for the first one? This is a little bit more difficult because it's an old GameCube game. I think it came out on the Wii in Japan. Yeah. No, it came out um, on everywhere. the Wii. In, uh, in a trilogy which was only released on disc 
for like two months or like four months or something. So it was one of those things. It was kind of like the All-Stars collection, but actually rare. So it was all three games with motion controls added to the first two. And it, it skyrocketed to be like 300 bucks like in 2009, like the year after it came out. Not until they released it on the Wii U eShop for like 20 bucks was it actually accessible. So, and you can't get that as of next month. So they've made it accessible again. And this isn't a $110 game anyway. What did it set you back? I can't remember. $60. So it's it's half the price of all those games we've just discussed. I've seen some people complain, um, mainly Americans saying American US 40, like outrageous, how dare they? But it's like a full on proper remaster. It's not just a up-res uh, skin. And so... If you're gonna, they're saying that because originally it was rumored to be the full trilogy, and that's probably the only thing. It would be great to get the other two games, and I think we probably will. At least Metro Prime 2, if this sells. 3 is kind of a different kettle of fish because it was made for motion pointing, so it would take maybe a bit more work to get that up to a normal control scheme. Um, 2 is probably the one less people have played anyway, so hopefully that does come. But like we didn't complain about Dead Space 1 on its own. Like they didn't do a Dead Space 1, 2, 3 trilogy remaster. They've done it, they're doing it game by game. So I don't see why you'd think it's any different. Maybe because of the Mass Effect trilogy came as one package. But that had less work done than this. Like, And they, those games were newer and they held up a bit more. It's That's more like the remaster we were just talking about, which is a, a few sectors here and there and up and runs a bit better. Still good. I'm happy with that level remaster. But this is that full-on Demon Souls level. It's almost like the Tony Hawk games as well. Like something It's almost that era, like quite old and just fully remade. So... I think $60 is very reasonable. And I'm surprised because Nintendo, they can charge what they want. Well, exactly. And like, are they charging more for the Zelda game? That's what if you were seeing me on the video looking down, that was me trying to like frantically like go on my phone. Because I know there was news about, you know, like Zelda games going to the, what would it, I guess, be $110 mark in Australia, if true, like the 70 US. Was that, did that pan out in the end? Um, I can't remember. So it's $90. So most Switch games are $80. We're talking recommended retail, not what you can actually pay on um, cart. Let's just talk every game if you're buying it digital from the store. So it's it's uh, $90 in Australia. That's what Breath of the Wild was as well. So for some reason, Nintendo said their two Zelda games cost 10 bucks more than everything else. That's just how it's been all generation. Uh, turns out, I thought everyone got this deal that like, so I assume Switch games were like maybe 50 bucks in the US, but they've been 60 the whole time. So some reason we've been getting Switch games at 80 bucks instead of the usual 100 or now 110. Uh, I think that will happen next generation. It but should yeah, happen so we- ne- next generation. I, I understand that development is increasing in cost and the amount of time it takes to make something is probably getting a little bit higher. But like hmm. the Switch is six years old. Don't bump up prices now. Wait till you announce the Switch Pro or whatever the heck is coming out. Sorry, I cut that you off. That is true. But yeah. As I say, Breath of the Wild was $90 six years ago. So they've kind of just matched that for the sequels, at least in Australia. America, I don't know why. They're, we just seem to have a more expensive Zelda game here. I think because it was on Wii U as well, and Wii U games were 100. So they kind of went, well, Switch games are 80, Wii U games were 100. Let's just put Zelda, which is on both in the middle, and they've just dumped, matched that for the sequel. Um, yeah, whatever. Like people <laughs> complain a lot. I suppose if they're going to rip into Nintendo for 70 bucks for a Zelda game at the end of the life of the console, 40 US for a remaster of a great game, and Nintendo's first actual proper remaster should be applauded. But of course, that's not what people on Twitter and NeoGAF and those type of places are like. So they just want to complain about everything. Uh, yeah, if you haven't played Metroid Prime, I would definitely play it. By far the best version. Now it's accessible. You can buy it today digitally. You can buy it in about a month physical. And that's the big thing, like Shadow Drop. I, I don't think I've said the word Shadow Drop 
ever really before like the last couple weeks and between you and i just even on like in this format we've said shadow drop like seven million times it's so exciting Mm. and weird what's going on is this going to be a normal thing is this like a a common thing now are you getting one of these every week have nintendo sony and microsoft like huddled up to like make us all super excited with all these like not intentionally but um, for the sake of this joke like are they like lining all these up for us so we're just having a really good 2023 I mean, it's great. Like, it's you don't have that time to overthink these things. Um, and also, like the the fact that both so Nintendo and Xbox both did their like showcase for the start of the year, and they're pretty clear that this is like first like up until July max release dates. Uh, and so they both released the game same day as the showcase. Like, it makes sense when they're some people kind of like we knew about most of the other games in the directs. Like, we knew about Pikmin Four, but it finally got a date. We knew about Advance Wars, which has been out for eight. Well. Obviously, some underlying things behind that, but we've known about it for a while. That's coming out pretty soon now. Uh, and there weren't that many surprises until Prime, of course. Um, but, like, they, they're they pretty clear about that, as was Xbox, as I'm sure Sony will be in their next state of play. And I wonder if they'll delay to try to see, hang on, can we shadow drop anything? Because, like, Hi-Fi Rush has reviewed really well and it's top charts. I'm sure uh, Metro Prime probably is not a fact-based show at the top of the eShop by now. Like, it's it's an effective way to do these things, especially for these smaller games. And Nintendo's shown they're willing to do it with a retail game as well. Like they've said, digital is out today. Retail will follow in about a month, which kind of changes things. Like that means anything could shadow drop. Yeah. Well, what is so we've seen one from Nintendo. We've seen one from Microsoft. What do you think? Not that Sony has to do this, but what do you think Sony could shadow drop? Oh, see, I, the thing is, that the two that we got, we didn't really have any visibility that they were coming. It wasn't like it was a game that we knew about, which they were like, is out today. Hi-Fi Rush got announced and it was it was released. Metro Prime was uh, rumored for so long, but almost to the point that we kind of assumed that's just those insiders. And there are so many dodgy Nintendo insiders who just make shit up. We kind of just put it down. Like it seemed like it was legit, but and it made sense. But that's normally when you assume that's not going to happen because Nintendo. Yeah. Uh, so like that wasn't leaked at all. Um, so I think it would be something we would have no idea about. And I can't, I'm, I wonder if like Sony until now has been the king of the remasters. Like they use Bluepoint amazingly well. Would they go like a, here's a Bloodborne remastered and it's out today type of situation. That's what everyone wants. So mm. maybe, hopefully. Yeah. And it's, it's something that would be an easy one in that it's something which is already available. Here's a better version of it. Of course, that'd probably charge $125 rather than 60. So different situation if they did a nintendo when they released it as a as a, a budget game that would be amazing that would seal the deal yeah so like i put you on the spot so sorry about that for one two mm. your answer is correct like it's it's probably not going to be something that we know is in the works so it could yeah. be like and i don't know like it, there's been reports that sony's had to drop its forecast for vr2 sales because one it's like a thousand dollars here and two there's a recession or a fake recession or whatever the heck is happening economy wise. So, you know, maybe people aren't willing to drop so much money, but like that would be a good shadow drop opportunity. Like here's a, not a VR game that's sitting on a PC platform that you can already get, but on PS VR too, like here's a, a exclusive VR game that you didn't know was coming. And hopefully this sweetens the pot. So you want to get VR too. Um, maybe. And I'm reaching here like that uh, last of us factions just kind of gets like oh it's ready have fun which would play into all the last of us stuff that sony is doing which ties into the hbo show of course which would be great and would be picked up like hot cakes that doesn't even make sense but you get what i mean so those are options or something completely something 
I, I would like to see something more in the vein of like, I'd like a remaster Nintendo style, but I'd like to see something more in the vein of we let a studio do something like completely left of field from what they're known for doing. And here's the end result. Like it wasn't just like a little internal yeah. project for fun. Like it, it was made. It's awesome. And here you go. Now you can play it. That'd be cool. Ideally on like PlayStation a, plus, but that's not going to happen. More like a hi-fi rush, which essentially was that. Yeah. Exactly that. But they they might though if they like they pretty much said we're not going to release you know our first party big AAA games on PlayStation Plus. But if they did a Hi-Fi Rush digital only style game, maybe they would. Like yeah. they, I don't think they've entirely ruled out smaller games launching on there. Yeah, the reason that they didn't, um, that that's like the justification, wasn't it? Like you're not getting God of War Ragnarok because we've hmm. this is a premium title. We've put way too much money into it to to justify a subscription release. But that's and that is that is an absolute valid stance to take. But if you're not putting that much kind of investment into something from a you know small subset of a studio or something, then you're not you're still being true to your word, but also being able to do something different. Yeah, and I suppose so. We've had one game which is in Game Pass or was like forty bucks, and we've had another game which is a remaster at sixty bucks, so pretty reasonably priced. Uh, I don't think you can shadow drop a $125 game. Like it's it's just diff- that needs the bigger marketing push behind it. We're not going to ever get that level. Uh, the same reason I don't think Nintendo would come out with a, actually Breath of the Wild or whatever it's called. Tears of the Kingdom is out today. Like there, no one's going to do it on a risky, like something that's too important. It's going to be on the smaller scale. Uh, something old, something a little bit left of field, which is also cool because that's how those games get more of a spotlight. I mean, I've now shelved, like, I have such a backlog and I have so many games that I'm nearly finished or partway through. Uh, and I've kind of just stopped everything to play Prime because it's like I've been waiting for so long. It's so good. And everything else, you know what? You're going to have to wait. I'm halfway through Goldeneye and Bloody Double O Agent to get the achievements. And it, man, that's tough. Uh, <laughs> the Switch version has, like, the emulator has the rewind so you can cheat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the Xbox doesn't have that. So, um, But anyway, I've had to shelve that because something better's come along. So I'm looking forward to what's next. Spoilt for choice. I don't feel I don't feel bad for you, Ben. Um, And on that vein, because this has been pretty much the Ben show and you're going to lead the the conversation when we get back to Nintendo, I'm going to I'm going to intercut for a bit and talk about Star Trek. Yeah. So let's do it. Or people just skip past this and go straight back to the Nintendo news. (laughs) Please don't, uh, especially if you're a Star Trek fan. I uh, basically harassed CBS to get screeners for Star Trek Picard season three. Not really. I was I was meant to get them and something didn't work. And they were all like, why are you talking to us? You should already be watching them. And I'm like, but I don't have them. And I was having a, a if I got them when I was in Adelaide with you, Ben, I'm telling mm. you now you would have had to watch Star Trek Picard with me. There would there would not have been a discussion. It would have just had to have happened like that. Luckily, it didn't for you. Um, unluckily for me, I had to wait a little bit longer than other people, but I absolutely got to watch six episodes of a 10 uh, episode arc way ahead of time it comes out on the 17th uh here in australia that being episode one now on paramount plus and amazon prime video so if you have one or the other subscription you are in a much better place than you could have been a week ago depending on what's sitting in your library uh it is a star trek the next generation sequel with the full cast instead of being its own weird like 
dystopian future sort of connected to Picard, not really connected to, to Star Trek. It's it's Star Trek for once. They finally, after two seasons of kind of garbage TV, decided that, you know, all the stuff that the fans have been asking for and wanting, like a Star Trek show that takes place on a Starfleet ship in space and not in the past in L.A., on the ground like everything that you want is absolutely happening it's a it's a really huge hit of nostalgia but not in like a like a rise of skywalker kind of way where it doesn't really fit like everything is for a purpose and a reason and you know invokes something from the past but also is like progressing the plot forward um it's just a really nice warm blanket that if you're a star trek fan you can wrap yourself up in and just like I melted. It's like I had a really high highs. I was crying most of the time. It was quite uh probably distressing for my husband who was like enjoying it, but like looking at me on the couch, kind of like side eye being like, Are you okay? Do we need to pause this? Is is something wrong? Um it's just it's just really, really good. And I'm trying to talk about it without saying anything about the plot because just get into it yourself. Um mm. I doubt you have any questions. I know you were taking a drink, so that was why you muted your mic. But like, literally, you just muted your mic because, like, I'm done. I'm done here for a bit. No, that was the. I don't have anything to add. Just it sounds like you've had the same reaction to Picard that I had to Metroid Prime bring release. So we've had good times with Blast from the Past, basically over yeah. the last few days. So yeah, essentially, embrace, we just want, it. we just want to be back doing the things we loved like 20 years ago. Forget this new stuff. <laughs> well. Th- Without spoiling all the stuff, there's been a lot of marketing saying, you know, like they're kind of like prepping for the next next generation and they absolutely are. Um, There's all this. I don't know how much I don't know how much Star Trek news, you know, I know the answer to that question. You know, nothing. Um, Not in a bad way. But Michelle Yeoh was on Discovery. You know, she's Michelle Yeoh. She's potentially going to win an Oscar for everything everywhere all at once. Is that right? Yes. Um, she's an amazingly talented actor. She did great work on Discovery, but like her character was garbage. And they're like, oh, well, we're going to bring her back for this like Section 31 show, which is like the evil spy faction of like Starfleet. So it's not like hopeful, optimistic, utopian, like what Star Trek is. It's like secret agent, Mm -hmm. covert ops. Like, I don't want any of that. So if Terry Metalis, who did 12 Monkeys and has done Picard, if he gets his way he's going to make some sort of like star trek kind of like taking place after what picard is setting out with like legacy characters so they could explore deep space nine or voyager or the next generation with some of the characters that have been created for picard or you know like using the just huge pool of characters who are still kind of around in the world like do that instead don't do weird subvert covert ops garbage do like star trek on a ship in space being fun thank you end of rant i think the people have got it <laughs> let's get back to video I'm games okay. uh back to, well back to talking about things that we love from the past nintendo's other shadow drop was a bunch of game boy games announced which as well which is probably not that surprising in that kind of once a year they add something to their switch online kind of virtual console replacement and game boy was the obvious next one i thought they were going to do when they showed that like old school 90s gray brick thing. Um, I thought it was going to be Game Boy only, like original Game Boy, not even including Game Boy Color, even though they're kind of, they're the same platform-ish. Um, but then they kind of just, they didn't actually say Game Boy Color. They just kind of showed like a few, like Warrior Land 3 was a Game Boy Color only game and that's in there. So it's all one thing. That's how Nintendo consider it. That's good. 
And then they actually surprised me and they said Game Boy Advance as well, but that's in the online plus add-on, whatever the other tier is called. I can't remember. Expansion Some weird... pack. That's it. Some weird Nintendo Like it's game. a physical thing that has to plug into your Nintendo yeah. online subscription. An expansion pack to a subscription, whatever. Um, <laughs> and I, I think we'd probably agree that the that one, because it doubles the cost, has been a bit lacking in content. Like it's just got like 12 Nintendo 64 games in there and the DLC for Mario Kart and it's, it's okay. And like, GoldenEye now. Cost. But also, and GoldenEye. Yeah. Because you can't buy it. That's the only way to play it. Unless you have Rare Replay. So I would buy that digitally because who knows? Anyway, we've that's our hot tip. We've had that most episodes. Um, so yes, we've got a bunch of new Game Boy games. Um, it's it's a decent catalog, but probably not enough. Like there's, I think, eight or nine Game Boy, Game Boy Color games. And there's only six Game Boy Advance games. So... They've they love a good old drip feed, does Nintendo? And no, I think they'll probably add like three Game Boy games a month, and maybe one GBA game. Uh, I'm not sure how familiar you are with these libraries. Like the Game Boy is massive. Yeah, I had a, I had a Game Boy, but like I can't yeah. look back and think of like what you'd play. I I owned a I owned a, a an NES. I had access to an SNES at a friend's house, like most after school days. My cousins had an N64 and a GameCube, which I had less access to. But like, mm. I can look back on all of those consoles and think of a couple good games that I'd be like, "Ooh!" Like, I either just really had a good time enjoying that, or like, there was like four of us and we were playing Mario Kart, and ah, oh, that was the best. Like, I remember sitting and playing the Batman animated series Game Boy game, like to and from like big hockey road trips out in like rural Saskatchewan. But like, I wouldn't ever feel the need to replay that game and i can't think of any game boy games that i'm like ooh, i must i simply must have that does do you yeah. have any i think so it's kind of weird so like game boy has because it was out for like 10 years right so it, there's so many games on it like thousands uh and it was the only platform that was successful for ages so there's heaps there games like batman that you just mentioned are never going to be released on here because of licensing so there's a bunch which you just ruled out um and it's probably you're right they're probably a bit too dated um, besides like, so Mario Land, whatever, 2, I think is there. That's a good game. It's like very early nineties or even, yeah, early nineties. It would have been, uh, like full on black and white style. Uh, so we should mention you, you do have the option and I would go in and change this. It's in the, the, the menu of the Game Boy app. Um, if you want to play with that, like original Game Boy, like green hue, which is gross. Oh, or you can, you can, or you can play in the, the Game Boy pocket, like, actual grayscale black and white which i think looks nicer if that's how you want to play it or you can play with the game boy color filter so uh game boy color was kind of like a, a mid-gen refresh i suppose or late gen refresh um and it did have the ability to add color to all previous games it just kind of guessed the color palette and you can actually change that when you play the game so that's how you could get mario wearing like pink overalls or whatever um and then there were obviously games which actually for game boy color which put the proper colors in so you can choose which you play on. You may as well play color, I think. Uh, but yeah, there's there's not that much I would play from the Game Boy library. I think they'll add way more to that just because it's so vast. Yeah. GBA, there's there's quite a lot. And those games hold up quite well in the same way that SNES games hold up. Like it was kind of the last era of 2D gaming. So it was when they were pretty well, like pretty well on top of it and they're all quality. The problem is the GBA only lasted like three years before the DS came around. And if you recall that, like Reggie with his like "My Body Is Ready," that's where that came from. Like that was somewhere in that E3, and he pulled out like the hideous DS from his pocket, the prototype, and they were very much like, "We're not giving up on Game Boy Advance. Like it's going to be a third thing." 
it was they were totally giving up on it. It was like they were just unsure. They didn't want to take the risk. And then GBA kind of died pretty quick. So it only had like maybe four years on the market. Some of that overlap. So there's not that many new games. So there are four like Mario games on uh, Game Boy Advance and they're all ports. So they're already on Switch Online. Like you can already get Super Mario World. You can already get Yoshi's Island. And they were all on Game Boy Advance. And it was amazing at the time to play that in a handheld in the same way that it's kind of amazing to play a bunch of games on Switch in handheld mode in 2017. Uh, but it's like, do they just release them again? Yeah. Or do they, like, that's the problem. There's, TBA doesn't have that many new games. What it does have there now is Minish Cap. That's a good Zelda game made by Capcom, weirdly. Um, it's probably the only one, I think. There's Mario's Superstar Saga, if you're into RPGs. That's not my uh, boat, but it's it's pretty good if you're into that. And that's kind of what GBA did have. It had a bunch of good RPGs. So I think that's where they'll come from. They still look pretty good. Uh, they look a lot better on like the OLED switch screen than on your like 65-inch TV. Well, that's what I was going to ask. Like I've been I've been playing, uh, I think like Persona 4 Golden on Vita was like my first mm. PlayStation trophy ever. I love that game. Wow. And I've played Persona 5, which is like the same franchise obviously but like moving from a portable handheld to a like a proper console on a tv game and you can tell the difference and then like now that persona 4 is on game pass and stuff i've been playing it again and it feels like a portable game on my tv which is weird which is maybe what pokemon is happening with pokemon but like this is this is exactly that how how do these little portable games that are supposed to be like a teeny little square in front of you with the weird green hue, I should add. That's that's how you're supposed to play you had classic that Game Boy. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah. the one. With the weird, with the stupid light that you had to put on top of it because you couldn't see in the <laughs> yeah. dark and it really just illuminated the corners of the screen so you couldn't see. the Anyway, how, how do they yeah. play on a TV? Well, that's a good point, actually. These games were not meant to be played with a backlight. Like, the kids these days don't understand. You had to, like, <laughs> angle the light in your room or the sun, I guess, outside to get, like, visibility on the screen. And this was up until the even the first GBA didn't have a backlight. It was, like, a late one. The SP added it in. And, like, but if you had too much light, it blinded it. And so you couldn't see anything. Like these games are meant to be tough. I had the light, like little. I, th- I don't think it was first party. I think it was just like a third party, whatever. I had like the light one, which didn't really work. And then I had one that was supposed to magnify the screen, but you know, didn't work. Didn't really work either. But, <laughs> yeah, there were a lot try. of shitty accessories back in the day. <laughs> uh, but to answer your question, I think they look pretty good on like in handheld mode. Uh, on your screen, yeah, they're blown up. It depends how big your TV is, I suppose. But yeah, they do look quite blown up. They, they're pretty crisp though, but. It's, I guess, I guess they're quite pixel-based games. There is an option to play with a smaller screen, so that's in the setting, and it kind of shrinks it down a fair bit. Uh, I suppose if you were playing on in handheld mode, it kind of shrinks it to almost what the screen size was, maybe just a little bit bigger. Um, I don't really think. I don't know why you do that to yourself, though. Like, why? We're, we're, we're thinking back n- nostalgically about this horrible experience, but like, why would you want to recreate it if you don't have to? Yeah, they're definitely very playable. Uh, so the main thing is really, I think there's a few missing. I think that they should have added, and they're, they're obviously saving some of the big hitters. They've got like a Metroid in there. There's a Mario in there. There's a Zelda in there. Uh, the main things you'd expect. I am surprised that there's no Pokemon at all, considering that Violet and Scarlet uh, run so poorly and yet still smashing records. People don't care. They just want to play Pokemon. There are so many, across the whole Game Boy range, there's like a million Pokemon games. They didn't release any mainline ones. Like, even if you're going to start with Red Blue, I would have loved it, which they did release on the uh, 3DS. I would have loved it. They just went the remakes, which were GBA games. They're obviously saving them. And the other missing one is Metroid Fusion, considering that came out same day as Metroid Prime. And these 
that just launched. Would have made sense to me to throw that in there as well. I only played that. I think I spoke about it on the podcast like a few months, maybe maybe a year ago after Metroid Dread. Actually got a Game Boy Advance with a modded backlit screen so I could see it. Uh, and I played that cart, which I bought in 2002, but I was too much of a noob back then to actually get through it. This time I played it. Great game. They did show it in the sizzle reel, so it will get released, but it's not there yet. Well, that makes more sense. I, I don't think any of the Pokemon games are going to come. One, because I don't think they're going to mm. be a huge draw card in terms of getting people to get Nintendo Switch online. I think it's more still going to be the NES and SNES and like N64 and GameCube. Do they do GameCube now? Like those. No. those. Oh, okay, well, maybe no GameCube is going to be the next reason that you need to get the expansion pack. But um, I think with Pokemon, they're more interested in kind of like re-releasing those as newer games kind of thing. Yeah. Like the the Capcoms of the world saying like, oh, yeah, you could go and play Resident Evil, but you shouldn't because it's, you know, like the control scheme doesn't work and we've evolved since then. So here's like a new new one. And they've almost done that with like Pokemon Let's Go. Like, isn't that kind of the closest to redoing yeah, that was, and Red that, and all that? That was based on the yeah, like yellow, I think. Uh, so that's true. But I mean, so they already remade Red and Blue as Red and Green on Game Boy Advance. Like that was almost 20 years ago. So yeah. that, that, they've never re- released that game. Uh, that would be good to see. I think they will release something at some point. I think they will drip feed it over years because I think people will play them, maybe sign up for them. Like Pokemon just has this weird love. People love to go back to the old ones. Uh, I mean, I bought them when they came out on 3DS. They were like 10 bucks or something. Played them for five minutes and then thought, oh, this is too old. I'm not going to play this. Uh, <laughs> but like you think you want to play it. And that's the thing. But so, yeah, I would prefer the Game Boy Advance games over the, the original Game Boy ones because I played those originals so much. GBA ones, there's good stuff there, and they they hold up a little bit better. So, yeah, I would I think they'll do it. Yeah, well, time will tell, and you can tell me I was completely wrong about Pokemon, or you can tell me that you've smashed Fusion, which I would be happier to hear, to be honest, because that's a a good news story. Anyway, uh, mm. uh, well, so with all these games, my question for you is: you're away next week. Uh, I'm away as well, actually, and I wasn't going to take my Switch with me because I always figure on, like, work trips. I don't really have time to play it. By the time you get back to the hotel, like, ah, I can't be bothered. But now there's so much to play, I think that I probably will. Like, I need to take Metroid with me. Probably won't play the Game Boy games, but a couple of them are good pick-up-and-play 10-minute type of things. I'm more interested if this is enough for you to take a Switch with you because you're normally, I'm going to lug an Xbox around with me type of guy. The Switch is a much more portable system and better (laughs) suited for this type of thing. Well, I like I like an Xbox with me, so I can also have like Netflix and all the all the video mm. apps that I can just connect to a TV wherever I am. Um, I am going to take yeah. a Switch with me, but not for the reasons that you're getting at. But I can't tell you the reasons that I am for real. But you'll see that in a week or two, maybe. Um, so yeah, like I will, and maybe I'll dabble in some of these. But I get, like I don't know. I, there's there's so much forward facing stuff coming at us, or like that's just been released. Like it's just the backlog does not have space at this point yeah and i mean that direct was looking back a lot way more than nintendo normally does in terms of old games coming out again and i think that probably is our biggest sign yet that a new console is not too far away like it kind of feels like they're they're ending with zelda as the big new thing saving the good stuff (laughs) yeah and it's it's better than their last few consoles like the last year of wii u was just no releases at all the last year of even like the gamecube similar it had like a year until the wii of just nothing like they're holding over the the good stuff uh i think it makes sense like this is a really popular console 
people will buy these old games. Like they've got Kirby coming out, which was a Wii game. They've got uh, a Bait and Kados uh, remasters coming out, which is GameCube again. That's why I don't think they're going to do GameCube online. Like they just they can remaster them and sell them for, to you again. Um, what else do they have? Advance Wars obviously was Game Boy uh, Advance. Like they they're digging into their back catalog a bit more than they have done previously. So yep. really does feel like this is the end. Over the next twelve months, potentially, maybe maybe not this year, but maybe early next year is when the new console launches. Uh, and they've they've actually got a plan this time. The last few consoles have just kind of let it die uh, and just pushed everything out. It kind of feels like this time, they're like let's release some of our older stuff, give it new life. People love that. They haven't done it that much. Uh, and if they actually do proper backward compatibility, which is it wasn't really a thing when the Switch launched in twenty seventeen. Like the PS four and the Xbox One when they launched weren't backwards compatible at all. It was just a kind of not really expected this time it's it's the norm so i feel like whatever comes next has to play all this stuff so it's it's fine to re-release this stuff yeah um and yeah it, it definitely feels like we're moving towards the end which is good news yes and on that note we should move to the end um mm-hmm. we are here in your ears next week but not as ben was saying physically here but that's okay because th- there's yeah. a backlog of games and a backlog of stuff we need to talk about so we're uh, we're gonna chat all things hogwarts legacy uh Perfect. while we're technically away you've had a week and a bit to play it uh, mm-hmm. as as the reader so have i ben's had maybe an extra week on top of us so uh i'll be pelting you with questions perhaps we'll jump right potentially into it. okay well good yeah. um yeah. anything you want to plug before we get out of here that's it i think let's leave it there and we'll see you next week for hogwarts legacy Bye.